Chris Galsey here with Matt Howell. On this episode of The First Run, Matt and I are going to discuss Tully, the reunion of Jason Reitman, Diablo Cody, and Charlize Theron. We're also going to review You Were Never Really Here, starring Joaquin Phoenix. And then finally, in honor of Mother's Day, we're going to tell you who we think the five best movie moms are. Man, I nailed it. All right, let's move on then, Matt. What do you say? I can't I can't screw this up anymore, can I? No, well, we still got a long show. Take long six, baby. Show. Let's go, let's go. Here's a clip from Tully, and I'm going to nail it. Do you know what a night nanny is? Oh. Okay, you know what? Everybody does it. It's just like a regular nanny, except they come at night. You know, they stay over for a few weeks or a month, and they take care of the baby at night so mom and dad can get some sleep. It's no big deal. I don't want a stranger in my house bonding with my newborn every night. It's like a Lifetime movie where the nanny tries to kill the family and the mom survives and she has to walk with a cane at the end. Right, well, we had a night nanny. I don't remember that. The reason you don't remember it is because she only came at night. Craig, please tell me you didn't hire me one of those people. You have a lot going on. Get over yourself. Call her. She comes highly recommended. All right, Matt. So that's a clip from Tully. So as I stated, Jason Reitman and Diablo Cody first worked together with the adored Juno, which I haven't watched in a long time. I hope it still holds up. But that hamburger phone and the Honest to Blog, I don't know. That stuff kind of scares me. <laughs> as it should. So they have uh, then did a film together, this time with Charlize Theron, called The Young Adult, which I think we both rather enjoyed, correct? Yeah, it's a good movie. Uh, that's a little kind of a bit of a dark comedy, um, but still. And so this is the three of them are back together again with another potentially dark kind of comedy drama. So Charlize plays a, uh, a young lady who is now having her unplanned third child. And she is clearly struggling with all the responsibilities uh, that are involved with that. So her very successful older brother, uh, played by Mark Duplass, Go ahead and it says, oh, so I'm going to hire a night nanny, as you heard in that clip. Give her a call. Everything's going to be wonderful. And then, of course, she has a particular stressful day, and she apparently makes a call. And uh, Tully shows up and is able to basically take care of the baby at night and also spark some growth and uh, personal attention that Charlize is able to apply to herself and basically almost rejuvenate her life as well as a woman and as a mother. So, Matt, I'm really not sure where to go with this. Uh, there's an interesting turn that this film takes, and I'm still I'm still of two minds on this movie, to be honest with you. I have not made up my mind yet because okay. of the turn that the film takes, and I'm, sure we're on a, I'm not sure how much we want to get into it. So let me ask you, though, generally, what were your thoughts on Tully uh, in regards to how kind of interesting and at times dark young adult was i really feel this is a good companion piece for that film i think it explores some similar themes but what were your thoughts on tully and i'll try and make up my mind as you talk okay um well it's uh at first i was expecting to go into this to be a lot funnier um you know i think the uh the uh previews play up the kind of comedic aspect to it. And I expected it to be, you know, kind of serious, but more, more of a comedy in that serious vein, like true to life comedy kind of thing. But um, it's a lot darker than I thought it was going to be. And it's definitely leaning more on the drama side of a dramedy for sure. Um, and I'm with you. I mean, parts of this seemed very, very real. Um, you know, the kind of while 
they, you know, she's having, you know, getting up when the kid's first born and all that kind of stuff. And it's, it's, it kind of gave me PTSD flashbacks to uh, like getting up with my daughter when she was first born. Mm. Um, but it's, it's, and all that seems very real and the way they build it out, but I'm, but then again, of course, there's that 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 turn. We'll use the term turn, um, where it's like, okay, kind of, uh, I see what they're doing here. But um, yeah, I'm not sure what the, the if the film really needed that. Yeah, I don't know if Ray, Raimi, Reitman really uh, earns the reveal in this thing. And I don't know. I think that the character of Tully played by, I think, the fantastic Mackenzie Davis, who we previously saw in, I think the most recent thing for me would be Blade Runner 2049. But uh, still, she is, both of them, really, Theron and Davis are fantastic in this. Their characters are very realistic and live. They're kind of, I think the term would be like a lived-in feel to them. So I think they really bring a lot to this film, especially the uh, connection between the two women and how they're able to identify things in themselves and help themselves grow as well i think that was very authentic and very real and i thought it was done exceptionally well the turn as we put it i'm not as sure about i think the earnestness and the how well developed the characters are kind of salvages this plot device that may not work 100 mm-hmm. percent uh so it's and i also want to do a, a kind of a psa on this because it, it does i think now i don't have the experience you do so i'm sure you can weigh in on this but I think the illustrates not the not the glamorized Hollywoodized version of being a mother. There's some real authenticity here. Mm-hmm. But this is not so much a film about motherhood as it is a film about a mother, right? Potentially dealing with some personal issues, and it's not so much about being a mom, but what being a mom does to you, right? So I, I don't know. So as I said. I don't know if the plot device works 100%, but I think it's definitely worth watching just alone for the performances of Theron or Theron or whatever she's calling herself now. You know, she used to date the third eye blind guy. Yeah, I remember that was before she was famous. They're doing a uh, free concert here. Actually, it was yesterday here in Tampa. They're opening up a new park and they were here for free. And I'm wondering if he just, that guy just kicks himself every time. Because right. <laughs> he was his star was rising, he had to kick his his uh, girlfriend to the curb because yeah. he was getting so much tail, groupy tail. <laughs> so anyway, and then of course I think Mark Duplass is quite good in this, and Rob Livingston. Uh, Rob Livingston plays her uh, detached and distant <laughs> husband. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think that I just I I enjoyed it, and I think that their performances and the and this and the writing and all that other stuff is enough for me to elevate this over a turn, as we say, that may not be as effective as it could have been. Yeah, I agree. I think it's, it's good. Um, I wouldn't say it's great, um, but it's a good solid film. And I agree with you. The performances are fantastic. Um, it, it does have some real authenticity to it for sure. Um, you know, and uh, you know, I guess the only thing, I mean, it's funny when we listen to that clip, there was a little bit of foreshadowing there and I was like, Oh, foreshadowing. But I, I would be interested to see if you go back and watch this a second time, if they really earn that, that if they really stay true to the rules of the, of the turn um, would be really interesting to see. I don't think they do from what I can recall. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so really either, but we'll see. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm still, I, 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 yeah, I, I did enjoy it. 
I thought it was really well done. I thought Reitman, uh, I, I think it's a very interesting story and it's well told, except for that one little, that one little move. So if I'm going to, if I have to, I'm probably going to, I'm going to go with a B. I'm giving Tully a B. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. I think a B is the right place for it to be. <laughs> Woo! All right, let's bring let's bring up the energy, huh? Come on, Chris. Yeah. I'm actually talking to my, I need my own Tully. I think at this point, it's <laughs> so that's that's what that's what's missing in my life. I need, even though I think the only infant that needs care is probably me. Tully, shoot us an email at feedback at the first run com. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Give us a, drop us a dime. Shoot us an email, as the kids like to say nowadays. Is it a popular thing? I don't know. Matt, coming up on Blu-ray and DVD this upcoming Tuesday, I think the big film is Black Panther. If you get it from Best Buy, you get a steel book. You go to from Target, you get a digibook with a 43-page filmmaker gallery on the making of the film. Mr. Ryan Coogler does a director's introduction as well. There's some deleted scenes, a gag reel, and a whole bunch of other stuff. So the Black Panther, now available to pick up on the blues and the 4Ks and all that other fun stuff. The adaptation of Samson, which I think was in the theaters for maybe a week, is being released as well. If you're into that kind of thing. I don't know. I just thought I'd let you know. Scream Factory is giving us... Not Scream Factory. Is it Scream Factory? It might be Scream Factory. We'll say it's Scream Factory, though I think I'm wrong. It's a live trilogy. Matt, have you ever seen any of the It's Alive films? I have not. This is the one with the crazy mutant monster baby. Right. I, I vaguely know what you're talking about, but no, I haven't seen any of them. So there's a box set. New 2K remasters of all three films. Includes a new 40th anniversary um, feature of the screening of the film as well. Audio commentary with the Larry Cohen who wrote and directed the films. All three, I've only seen the first one and I enjoyed it. All three are supposed to be rewarding in their own ways. So uh, you can pick up the It's Alive box set now. I'm a big fan. I'm not a big fan, but I am a fan of those. At least the first one. And I'd like to see the other two. What else is coming out? The Return of Swamp Thing, Matt. The cheeky kind of campy version, right? The sequel with Heather Locklear is being released with a new 2K master. A new audio commentary by the director, Jim Wernoski. New interviews as well with Wernoski and some other folks as well. It includes uh, some TV spots, the original theatrical trailer... And the old commentary that the director did from 2003 is included as well, and a collectible mini poster. Rick and Morty Season 3 is being released as well, Matt, with exclusive audio commentary. I'm trying to figure out how many times I can say as well. The exclusive Animax, animatics, I'll get that word down, on all 10 episodes, and then exclusive audio commentary in every single episode as well. That's a show that I am woefully behind on. I think I've seen only a couple episodes of the first season and I thought it was hilarious, but I haven't made the time to watch them all. Yeah. It's really hard to watch TV. I'm really behind on TV in general. I'm bad American pace. I know. What else we got, Matt? I'm going to tell you about the other side of hope by the criterion collection in this rye melancholy comedy from Ikea Kurosamaki. It's a response to the ongoing global refugee crisis. It follows two people searching for a place to call home. Includes a new 2K digital transfer approved by the director. A new interview with actor Sherwan Haji. Footage from the 2017 Berlin Film Festival press conference from the film. Some other stuff as well. Matt, you're younger than me. So every now and then I have trouble kind of cornering where you are 
in your youth films. I think okay. this is too new for you, but you can let me know. Uh, the Wizard. Do you remember The Wizard? The Wizard. That's the that's the Nintendo game one, right? What's well, yeah with Fred Savage? With Fred Savage and and uh, Jenny Lewis from Rilo Kylie fame. There you go. Yeah. So The Wizard's getting released on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you so was that is that in your youth wheelhouse or were you older by then uh no yeah i was probably like uh i don't know seven or eight when that came out okay i was like yeah. 30 so i never <laughs> saw the wizard but it's getting released on blu-ray so you can go pick that up carbon copy which is denzel washington's first film that's being released as well on blu-ray for the first time and then you're straight to dvd pick of the week matt i went with gut boy a bad time story once a simple fisherman on his own, now transformed into a skinless hero out for revenge. After they've taken everything he's had, even his skin, Gutboy seeks vengeance on the men who did him wrong. An evil businessman, a corrupt bureaucrat, and a self-appointed cop will all continue to terrorize a small island where they live. As Gutboy travels to the dark and sinister world of marionettes and shadow puppets, he encounters golden giants, promiscuous prostitutes, as opposed to chast... chasted prostitutes i don't know chased chased is that the word i'm looking for that one too yes. weird witches and another flayed victim like himself the seductive sophie guts will gut boy exact revenge with his open heart left intact or i'll be lost to the evil he's trying to destroy that is gut boy a bad time story matt what should we be streaming this week well um i'm gonna go a little outside of the film wheelhouse um but uh, one of my favorite comedians, he recently came out with a new special that is available on Netflix, uh, John Mulaney's uh, Kid Gorgeous. If you haven't seen his his new in town uh, stand up special, which is also on Netflix, um, it is hilarious. And this one is just as good. Um, it's really it, I love John Mulaney as a comedian. Um, if you're into stand up or even well, I guess if you're into stand up, you would have already seen it. Um, but if you're not, I, I highly recommend it. It's it's. It's probably okay for the older kids, not particularly dirty, but uh, you know, it's it's a good time. It's a good it's a good laugh. I've seen Mulaney. I like him too, so I wanna I do wanna check that out. I haven't seen either of his stand up specials though. Oh, you so gotta I, see them both. They're funny. All right, I'll have to get on that then. Yeah. Sounds good. All right, Matt. Coming up next. Oh boy, I'm excited about this one. I was looking forward to this one. We'll see if I was disappointed though, Matt. We're gonna discuss you were never really here, but first, let's hear a little clippy clip. Two thirty-five East Thirty-first Street. That's what the text said. You have kids, Joe? No. Nina. Her name is Nina. I've heard of these places. Underage girls. Senator, if she's there. I'll get her. McCleary said you were brutal. I can be. Matt, that's Joaquin Phoenix's Joe. He's a combat veteran, a formal, former FBI agent who's dealing with some post-traumatic stress. He's having visions as well, and he's just flashbacks, and he's having a very difficult time adjusting to... Uh, his life at this point. So what he does, his job now, is to rescue imperiled young women. And a senator hires him to rescue his daughter, as you just heard in that clip. Matt, 
after watching this film, I came to one conclusion, and it is this, and I'm curious for your opinion. I think Joaquin Phoenix is our finest working actor today. Wow, you think so? I think so. Is that because Daniel Day is nominally retired? I would say so. I think with Daniel Day-Lewis officially retired, I think Joaquin has ascended the throne, if you will. I mean, think of all the, f- the films he's done that have been just... I, I think his performance in her, he's great in Inherent Vice. Um, I mean, I've just... The Master, which I think is just a master class, if you will, in acting. He is so good in that. Mm-hmm. And just seeing this performance here in this film... I was absolutely just blown away by him. But there's a lot to talk about with this thing. What were your thoughts on You Were Never Really Here? Um, well, I was struck. I didn't really know that much about it. I didn't really look into it. I didn't watch a preview. I had seen, I known a couple of people who had seen it and they said it was pretty intense. And I was, so I wasn't really sure what I was expecting when I went into it. But it's a really, it's a really visceral kind of brutal story. And I really wasn't expecting how um, ugly it kind of is. Um, and, you know, um, it's a, it's a film that is structured in such a way that it's not really, it's not narratively traditional. I think they really kind of rely on you to be able to be smart enough to pick up the kind of cues and the little bits of pieces just through image and the way that they they shoot something. Um, they don't hold your hand through it. And it's a, it's almost like a, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for, but it's a very, it's almost like a, it's 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 almost all visual. There's very little narrative to it, and and everything is told through that visual style. And I, I thought it was great. I mean, I thought everything that was what happened in it, even um, the way it was acted and everything, was just fantastic. Um, brutal, but really good. Yeah, I felt it was like Drive meets Spartan. You know, the uh, David Mamet film with Val Kilmer, mm. which is a film I love. But um, very kind of similar themes in that as well. But yeah, it's a very sparse script, like you said. It's kind of, it's, I don't think slow and meandering is appropriate, but it's, it does have a very deliberate kind of pace to it. I think that's more like you said. It's, it's, it has, it doesn't have a, conf- a, a, a formal, fixed kind of normal narrative to it. Uh, I, I felt it kind of chaotic throughout the whole thing, or I feel like you never really could get your feet under you when you're watching this thing, but it's very lean. There's not a wasted shot in this thing at all. It's a lot more uh, brutal as well, as you said. It's just, it is an interesting film to watch. There's not a lot of action in it per se, right? So if you're going in for like a Man on Fire type of thing, the Denzel remake of this, was it Scott Klein was in that original film? Um, It's not what this is, but it is just an intense kind of unrelenting, morose kind of film. It has an. Uh, I really. I felt an interesting experimental score as well, which kind of evoked the thoughts of Drive to me with that. But also, there's a lot of sound design in this too that I think has helped to undergird the chaos and the unease in Joe's life. The use of sound when they, we have some very loud scenes with some very quiet scenes as well. Some really interesting camera choices, some shot choices by Lynn Ramsey, who is the director. She wrote the screenplay as well. This is based on a book. I kind of came down to it, Matt, as this isn't an art house thriller is really where I fell down with it. Mm, yeah, that's about right. Yeah, I agree. And I agree with your assessment that it's not a lot of action. I think it's it's uh, it's very, I think the drive comparison is very apt. I mean, the, the, the violence is very sudden and it's brutal and it's short and it seems very realistic. So um, mm-hmm. it's not kind of like the big set pieces that you're looking for, but you're right. It's 
it's lean and not a thing is wasted in it. And it's, it's kind of propulsive even in its own way. And it's, uh, it's a fantastic movie. I really want to kind of see it again, but we'll see. Yeah. No, I'm looking forward to it. It's an Amazon film, so it'll show up on Prime at some point soon. Oh, very nice. So, yeah, no, it's... Yeah, it's a dark sit, folks. All right? I think it's, yeah. it's it has a particular audience. I don't know if this movie is for everybody, but um, it was for me. And I, I'm, I'm giving You're Never Really Here an A. What about you? Are you? Yeah. Um, I went with an A-. Um, okay. I don't know if it's an A film, but I could probably be... We'll see. As repeat viewings, maybe it'll become part of the canon of stuff that I love. I did have one question, though, when I was watching this thing. Do hardware stores kind of keep track of the serial killer starter pack? <laughs> I mean, you think if a guy walks in and his pretty much his go-to buy is duct tape, a ball-peen hammer, um, right? And a couple <laughs> snacks and some zip ties. If, <laughs> I know something horrible is about to happen. Right. Well, you know, I will say this. Uh... I was told that uh, there was a customer in Connecticut and, and it would come to the Bed Bath Beyond like every month and he would buy rubber gloves and a new shower curtain. Every month he would come in and buy these things. So, and they were they were paying attention to it, but um, that's uh makes you wonder what he was doing with those things. Wow. That is yeah. Weird. Anyway, yeah. if you had a chance to see you were never here really here, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Shoot us an email at feedback at thefirstrun.com. Thinking of lean, man. This show is cruising. It is. Pew. We are firing on all cylinders. Had a bunch of false starts. Chris was a little out of sorts. Quite a few. <laughs> Quite a few. I got to start drinking more before the show, I think is what my problem is. There you go. So shoot us an email, as I said. Feedback at thefirstrun.com. If a chance to see you are never really here, I would love to hear your thoughts about it. Matt, let's take a break, though. Let's come back, and let's talk about what we think are our favorite movie moms. I'm curious if you're still going to cheat. Oh, so we will yeah. find out about that when we get back. Yeah. Michael, do you remember when we first met and we went to that horrible part of town to buy you those dreadful clothes? And I was a little bit scared and you told me not to worry about it because you had my back. Do you remember that? Yes, ma'am. And if anyone tried to get to me, you would have stopped them, right? And when you and SJ were in that car wreck, what did you do to the airbag? Stopped it. You stopped it. You stopped it. This team is your family, Michael. You have to protect them from those guys. Okay? Listen. Okay. Tony here's your quarterback, all right? You protect his blind side. When you look at him, you think of me. How you have my back. How you have his. Okay? All right, Tony, go back. All right. Oompa Loompa here is your tailback. When you look at him, you think of SJ and how you've never let anyone or anything hurt him. You understand me? All right. Go back. Got it? What about Collins and Mr. Tui? Fine. They can be on the team, too. Are you going to protect the family, Michael? Yes, ma'am. Good boy. Then go have some fun. There's a clip from The Blind Side starring Sandra Bullock met where she plays Lee and Tui. Mm-hmm. So that was, a, that was a good film. I rather enjoyed The Blind Side. Though, um, didn't he end up being kind of a nasty guy in the NFL? Uh, I don't know. I know he wasn't, like, he didn't set the world on fire in the NFL. I think he was still playing until, he might still be playing. I'm not sure. Hmm. I thought he had, like, gotten in trouble at one point for, I don't know, maybe I'm just thinking of a particular game when he 
hit somebody really hard or had a dirty oh, okay. shot on somebody. That's probably, okay. I don't know. Michael Orr, right? That's his name. Yeah. I'm assuming it was a Jets game and the Jets did something suitably horrible. And maybe that's <laughs> what I'm just trying to block it out of my mind. Uh, uh, Jets. The Jets. Jets. All right. Um, I'll go first. I'll give you the ultimate number one. Okay. My number five is going to be Ripley focused mm. on aliens. Yep. So after the first alien, right, Ripley gets away, and then the second one occurs, what, 60, year la- 60 years later, right? Yeah, I think so. They find her in her sleep chamber adrift, and she comes home and finds out that her daughter had passed. Though I think that's a cut scene. I think that's only in the extended director's cut. And she ends up going back to the planet because this colonists there have, there's been cut off from communication. We haven't heard from them, so they're sending out a scout team to see what happened. She goes back, kind of conquer her fears, runs into the only survivor, which is this little girl named Newt. And basically, there's this surrogate mm-hmm. mother-daughter relationship between the two of them. And I was going through this, too. I have a lot of badass moms on my list, Matt. So mm-hmm. I think that, yeah. But that's my number five is Ellen Ripley from the aliens the aliens all right yeah i i had her on there but i took her off to make room for some other ones but good pick um i'm gonna go with another sci-fi pick which i'm sure is on your list um i'm gonna go with uh sarah connor of the Mm -hmm. terminator series um you know starts off um subject of gonna give birth to the future savior of the world is is targeted by the terminators to kind of do a preemptive abortion i guess to make sure that he's never born and then by terminator 2 she is you know locked up insane asylum survivalist uh badass extraordinaire um who was really has really dedicated her life to keeping her son alive just so that humanity can continue um and is really dedicated to that entire thing it's it's she is uh definitely uh somebody you do not want to mess with and that is the definition of the fierce uh lioness mom type for sure so much so that was my number four actually oh okay so they're bringing her back for the new terminator films you hear that i did not hear that Mm -hmm. i guess this one's gonna i don't know if it's taking place right after three or actually it's going one two and then this one maybe okay that's probably the smart thing to do yeah so Mm -hmm. But yeah, number my number four was Sarah Connor as well. I have no really not much to add to it, so you kind of covered it. What's your number four? Um, so this might be a little bit of a this might be a little bit of a surprise, but I'm going with uh, Marion McPherson from uh, Lady Bird, um, and I I went with that just because um, Laurie Metcalf's performance seems very it seems very real and it seems very kind of bittersweet um like that kind of relationship that a lot of mothers seem to have with their daughters um where it's contentious um and you know they have their issues with not getting along but at the same time you know they would do anything for each other and and it really is kind of like a it's kind of heartbreaking just to kind of see her you know try and do what she thinks is right but then of course obviously kind of drives a wedge between her and her daughter but it seemed very real so i feel like it's something that had to be on the list yeah, no. Wow, this is a really Eerie. exciting show. My number three <laughs> is Marion McPherson from Lady Bird as well. Okay. Uh, Laurie Metcalf, of course, robbed at the Oscars by Allison Janney because Allison Janney got to have the more showy role from mm-hmm. Maya Tanya. But still, uh, Mar- yeah, no, Laurie Metcalf as uh, Marion McPherson, just like you said, just very authentic, very true-to-life relationship between her 
and Saoirse Ronan as mother and daughter. And yeah, that's it. Great. All right, Matt. So go ahead. What's your number three? I doubt we're going to have the same one. We're, this next one. We're, this is, we're not going to have the clear this. for the next one. I'm very sure I'm in the clear. Okay. Well, this one I can guarantee you don't have on your list anywhere. So my number three, I went with a Pixar mom, but not the one I think you would think of. It was Queen Eleanor from Brave. Um, this is the one about, uh, again, contentious relationship with her daughter, um, you know, trying to kind of instill a sense of values into her and, you know, the daughter uh, getting into, you know, I guess kind of storming off, turns her into a bear, and then it kind of goes from there. Um, but it's, it's a really good, sweet kind of, film um kind of relationship looking at uh, a mother and daughter relationship and it's it's i think it's a little underrated yeah i haven't seen brave since it came out I, you're right i would not have thought of that at all i, w- I would have gone with elastigirl in mm-hmm. fact she's on my honorable mentions here there you go. she didn't make the cut all right so my number two that i'm almost positive you don't have so that would be nice in fact i'm fairly confident we have the same number one yeah but my number two is is joy newsome which of course is Brie Larson in Room. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen Room, that you talk about a tough sit, but an absolutely spellbinding film about a young woman who is kidnapped and held hostage by this guy in this little what shack in the backyard. Right. He ends. She ends up giving birth to her son, which is of course is the result of the repeated assaults by this guy. And the whole film is them trapped in this room as she tries to build a life for her and her son while also trying to figure out a way to escape. And it, uh, Brie Larson won an Academy Award for this performance, which I think is what it was able for her to get the role as Captain Marvel. I'm kidding. Uh, so, But still, it is an absolutely unrelenting film, particularly at the end, one of the more life-affirming things you'll ever see. If you haven't seen Room, watch it as soon as you can, but just be prepared to have your heart broken and then be joyful. And it's just, it's a wonderful little film. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely a tough set. I will reiterate tough set, but mm-hmm. great film. Great, great, great film. All right. So my number two, I guarantee Chris also will, obviously he's got one left. And like he said, I think we have the same number one. So that means you get to beat me to the punch, Chris, um, <laughs> is uh, Elaine Miller. Um, played by Frances McDormand from Almost Famous. Um, the, again, kind of comically overprotective mother, um, you know, uh, <laughs> contentious relationship with her daughter again, but then, of course, very protective of her son. But uh, Frances McDormand puts on a, a, a small but a hilarious performance, um, and it's really, it's really kind of a tender and sweet performance at the same time, even through all the tough exterior. So I think it's a lot of fun to watch her as, as uh, uh, William Miller's mom. I have never seen that film. I think it's really, because, yeah. I always, I think it's one of the things I, I have to watch at some point, but it just never appealed to me at yeah. all. So I had, I, a, I, I had a real affection for that movie in my like early to mid twenties. Yeah, I hear it's it's supposed to be really good, but I just yeah, there's no drive for me to see it. Not when I can watch Drive again. <laughs> <laughs> Kill me. Woo. Um, my number one. I think we have the same number one. So we just go ahead, Matt. What is it? Uh, the bride, indeed. From Kill Bill, indeed. It's Kill Bill, and the bride. Uh, Uma Thurman just knocks it out of the park. And of course, we heard some really nasty things about this film afterwards, particularly the 
not just the issues with Weinstein, but the the car crash issue that yeah. gave her basically a permanent injury. Yeah. Which is just a horrible story, uh, but a fantastic set of films. And she absolutely is fierce and protective. Her, that scene, Matt, when she sees her kid again, it is just, it is fantastic. It's just as emotional and moving as any of the kung fu maybe you saw in the first, you know, three hours of this epic film. Or the reveal at the end of part one, you know, does she know her daughter is still alive? I mean, it's just... But she absolutely is fantastic. Uma Thurman is great in that film. What are your thoughts on Kill Bill? Because I'm clearly running out of gas here. Yeah, um, I'm right with you. I don't think I can really put in much more to it than what you've already said. I will say, though, there's no other mom on this list that killed 1% of the population of Japan uh, to get to her <laughs> to get to her uh, her child because she literally kills like a thousand people in throughout this mil- throughout this film and it's it is fantastic yeah I watched them all I watched them both again I I was able to get a copy of the whole bloody affair yeah and I was able to watch that it was interesting it was fun to see the whole thing that was about like last year I think I did that. Okay. So, if you haven't seen Kill Bill in a while, though, take a look. Follow, follow up with that and watch it again. It is still as good and as entertaining as you remember. Any other honorable mentions, Matt? Mm, besides Ellen Ripley, no. I mean, Elastigirl, she was on there, too, but not a whole lot of list. I kind of ran out of steam here. Yeah, I had uh, Mrs. Gump, Forrest's mom. Mm-hmm. Aaron Brockovich was another good one. We heard from Leanne Tui earlier. Mildred Hayes from Three Billboards. And then Beverly Sutpin. Sudfin, if I'm pronouncing it correctly. I can't remember. It's been so long. Kathleen Turner in Serial Mom. So you didn't get Mr. Mom in there. I thought you were going to try to squeeze him in. I didn't, but I, when I started getting through the list, I was like, yeah, you know, I think I'm going to stick with uh, the women here. And besides, I, it's been a really long time since I saw Mr. Mom. I don't think I've seen Mr. Mom in like 20 years. So I have no idea if it's any good or not. Probably a wise idea. Yeah. What are your favorite movie moms? We'd love to hear your thoughts. Shoot us an email at feedback at thefirstrun.com. Matt, coming up next week. Life of the party. Yeah, I know. This is not excited for it. But the next couple weeks after that, we got Deadpool. We got Solo. We get a little bit of a run here. But uh, yeah, we just got to suck it up and get through this week, I guess. Yeah. You know, this is out too. I want to check out. I think it's available on demand too. Is that movie Revenge? Have you heard about that? Uh, no. No, I have not. It's a, uh, yeah. Look, do some research into that and let me know your thoughts. Because you can, okay. it's available. It's in limited in theaters and available on demand. All right. So we'll be discussing Life of the Party and something else. God, Melissa McCarthy. Just, she has to stop <laughs> making films with her husband. That seems yeah. to be what the problem is. That's Ben Falcone. We'll find out if it continues next week or if they're able to break that streak. I'm rooting for you. I truly, truly am. Plus, Gillian Jacobs is in it, right? From Community. And yeah. yep. uh, Love, which is currently on Netflix. So, you know, we'll be talking about all that. In the meantime, check us out on YouTube and Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. And, of course, at thefirstrun.com itself. And go on the Apple Podcast and give us a quick review. Not based on this episode, perchance, um, but prior ones, maybe. Yeah. And We've had some pretty strong ones recently. This is yeah. not our best work. No. This, is all, this one's all on me. So uh, I would say minimum three star reviews and up, and please, and then we'll we'll go four. Let's just say four. Let's go four. We'll do four, yeah. and um, I will read it during this show, 
So go ahead on Apple Podcasts and say the most horrible thing about me you can think of. And I'd be more than happy to share that with the world. And that's going to be it. Let's do it in NPR voice. Matt. Matt. So next week, I got to work on my NPR. So that's it. We're going to take an extended break, everybody. Let's just just bring this train wreck to a close, shall we? And uh, we will see you all soon. Get away from her, you bitch!